0: In this new segment of Advisor Revelations, the DPL team will discuss how to evaluate new solutions and address current challenges and the strategies that can help you grow your firm and AUM. Welcome to today's episode of Advisor Revelations. My name's Leslie Grant, Lead RIA Consultant at DPL Financial Partners. And today I'm joined by John Watson, An internal sales consultant with DPL as well we will be talking about utilizing deferred income strategies to capture assets for clients who are heading into retirement and the efficiency that these solutions and strategies can provide to advisor and client portfolios. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app and check us out on our website, With that, John, thanks for joining us. How are you doing today?
1: Very good. How are you?
0: Doing great. Thanks. So today, John, we're going to be chatting a little bit about deferred income strategies. And as you and I have discussed in prior conversations, I think we both recognize this as an area of opportunity for our advisors and their clients. Kick things off, let's start out just kind of talking in generally about deferred income and some of the opportunities it represents for advisors.
1: Sure. Income is something that never goes out of style. Everybody always needs income in retirement, whether you use MoneyGuy Pro, whether you use eMoney, whatever it may be. There's generally usually a gap in the income strategy. So there's usually a need to fill that income gap. What we have found and what the industry has found is that the earlier you take care of that income, so in other words, if you start really five to 10 years out, you're actually going to be able to create more income for less money for your clients in the future.
0: So let's dig into that a little bit deeper, maybe give me some numbers for us to talk about here, put some dollars and cents behind that. You know, when we're looking at deferring income, What's the right amount of deferral time? How do we maximize the amount of cash flow while reducing the amounts of actual investment dollars that are being allocated to that cash flow strategy?
1: Well, sure, sure. As we approach that retirement age, to steal a little bit something from Prudential, we hit that red zone that five years before and the five years going into retirement. So during that time frame it's very advantageous to have something that's going to protect the stream of income when you do finally take money from any source. With that said, really 5 to 10 years is probably about the sweet spot that we see for generating income in the future. Obviously, the earlier you start, the more the income is going to increase and pay out when you start the income. Very similar to do we take Social Security at 62 or do we wait till 70? It's almost exactly the same sort of decision tree that you're going to have with your clients.
0: That's really interesting. So, when we're talking about being proactive in terms of advisor planning and, and planning for cash flow, what types of strategies are advisors gravitating towards if they're looking at more of a deferred income situation?
1: Sure. Really, if you look at income from a standpoint of guaranteeing it, there's a number of different strategies that you can guarantee income. First and foremost, if you think about it, Social Security is the first thing that we look at for guaranteed sources of income. Obviously, it adjusts for inflation. So we know that we have that in our hip pocket. And that is something that we will use in retirement. For other guaranteed sources of income, some people still have pensions. So we want to take into account the pension. Some pensions will increase over time, others are level. So we figure that into the planning. To fill the gap between that and at least the essential expenses or what clients need to survive on an annual basis, we probably want to look at something that's going to generate income guaranteed. Generally, people will gravitate towards annuities for this. With annuities, there's a number of different routes we can go. I and mean, you know, Perhaps we can break that down.
0: I think breaking that down for our listeners would be a great idea.
1: So really three different ways you can break down the income. There's two basic ways that you can go. You can go with a fixed or a variable income. With a fixed income, the old traditional ways that things were done forever, it seems, were the guaranteed income annuities. These are a GIA, SPIA. These are the ones where basically you go out and purchase a pension from the insurance company yourself. What will happen is, and the downside is that you do give up principal In return for guaranteed lifetime income. What this does is it helps, especially in situations where there's longevity in the family. So, next, kind of the popular way right now, and it seems like it's just taken over the last few years, you can do a systematic withdrawal from either a variable annuity. So, in other words, you go in the market, you choose a suite of funds, and what happens is that you have a withdrawal rate that grows over time or a benefit base, and it increases your income. Over a set period of time, once you start drawing that money down, then as long as the market grows, then you have a chance to get an increase in your income in the future. However, if we hit a black swan event like we had just recently with COVID, then you might not get a pay raise. The payment might be level and you need that market value to catch up so that you can have an increase in pay. Lastly, the most popular way we've seen recently is the fixed indexed annuities. These are the annuities that you can either choose level or rising income. Also, what happens is that the longer you wait, the higher the income is going to be. You get some deferral credits. And what's good about it, like we talked about, the retirement red zone, Leslie. So during that time frame, you do not have the market going backwards. So at least it helps with the psychological profile of your customer. makes them feel better. Also, we know we're going to get guaranteed income for life. So with that said... Both of those are good alternatives, depending on what the client's risk tolerance is. And again, this is why we're here to help you decide, hey, what is good for the client? And if we need to, we even have a program that we can go through and ask the client and go through a what's called a RISA profile to see where the client's priorities align and what type of strategies we should use in retirement to take income from either a systematic withdrawal or from some sort of a guaranteed withdrawal source.
0: You bring up a really good point there, John, in uh, talking about the RISA. And that's a newer addition to our platform here at DPL. And I'm starting to see some advisors leveraging that more in their practice. And for my advisors, what I hear is that It really helps them understand where their clients are coming from, right? And when we're talking about expanding a firm's reach or an advisor's reach in terms of who they're able to work with and the types of individuals that they can appeal to by opening up their practice to these cash flow strategies, how have you seen that play out in the advisors businesses that you work with? Have you heard any success stories in leveraging that RISA to really match the income strategies on DPL's platform to what an advisor is trying to accomplish in the planning that they're doing with their clients?
1: Sure. With RISA, I think what it does and what I've been told, it helps align the thought process and the language between the advisor and the end user, the client. Just because a client says they're balanced, it doesn't mean they're a 60-40, 50-50 client. Maybe in their mind, balance is 2080. They have a balance of stocks and bonds, but they have less in stocks and more in bonds. So this helps align the goals that the client has with what the advisor is going to discuss and present to the clients. Also, I think what happens is that it also allows you to really kind of take a little bit of the onus off of you and put it back on the client, you know, assuming they answer the questions, you know, with Thought and also they are honest about how they answer the questions.
0: So taking this back to income deferral and implementation, you know, one of the greatest areas of opportunity for advisors in terms of picking up additional client assets and growing that client wallet share is in client 401ks, in IRA rollovers, right? We know with the Mass Affluent. The bulk of their assets tends to be located in qualified accounts. How can an income strategy help advisors more effectively capture the bulk of those assets? And, second part of that question is maybe share with our audience a little bit more about why you would want to source retirement income from a qualified account to begin
1: with. Sure thing. IRA, 401k, qualified assets, however you want to say it, keep in mind that the government's going to force us to start taking money out of those accounts at some point in the future anyways. So those are really the good accounts that you can use to source income from. Like you said, the majority of people out there, and I think the latest figures show that less than 10% of the S&P 500 companies still have pensions. So people now are saving for retirement themselves. So, by taking some money, putting it into some sort of an account that's going to guarantee income, what it does, it not only helps them out with distributing that money during retirement, but also as long as there's an account value and they're distributing that money, then that money that's distributed does have an effect on actually helping satisfy required minimum distributions. So, it really kind of does two things for the client guarantees income that they need, also helps satisfy minimum distributions especially in down years, like last year, any of the black swan events we've had through the century. And then also it gives clients peace of mind to know, hey, I've got my essential expenses covered. I don't have to worry about the day-to-day as much in the market. And it really puts them at ease and hopefully curtails the calls to the advisor in you know big up days and big down days.
0: Great. Yeah. I think that you know when we're talking about capturing those qualified assets, John, and Thinking about a retirement income strategy, one of the things that we talk about here a lot at DPL and following the academics and academic implementation of these strategies is really minimizing the investment amount that's allocated towards a cash flow strategy. And I think one of the things that our advisors sometimes miss out on is partially because they haven't had access to commission-free annuities. In the past, the annuity right now is more of an immediate position for a lot of these clients. But I also believe that there is substantial value from a cash outlay perspective in funding an annuity before you're actually going to need it for income. And to put some numbers to paper, for example, if we're looking at a 55 year old client who's retiring at 65, looking for, let's call it $15,000 worth of retirement income, if we were to fund that looking for income immediately in a variable annuity, we're going to need about $300,000 to accomplish that income goal. But if we were to fund that 10 years earlier, we only need $200,000 to allocate towards that income goal. And As we know, client resources are finite. We have to make decisions about what we're going to buy for our clients and how we're going to allocate that portfolio. And when you've only got a million bucks, allocating $300,000 towards cash flow can be a really challenging conversation to have with a client. It can also be really challenging to balance out that allocation with what's left of the portfolio, right? And get that to better align with client needs and their risk tolerance. So talk to me a little bit about that early funding process and how advisors are are broaching that conversation so much earlier before a client truly needs that cash flow.
1: Sure thing. So most of the annuities that we use to source income, the client has options in the future on the cash value that they put into these products. So what I mean by that is that at some point in the future, You know, if they win the lottery and have a rich uncle and they get a lot of money, they don't need the income, then the money that they have invested is able to move back into their IRA and they can change course. So, you know, the client does not have the lifetime commitment to the insurance company. Rather, the insurance company has a lifetime commitment to them as long as they're in the product. So there is a lot of flexibility and there's the ability for them to switch gears at some point in the future. With that said, a lot of people... What we're seeing is, is that they hit age 59 and a half. Most people are trying to get the full retirement age right now. So usually it's about 66 right now with people that are hitting 59. And a lot of companies give you the ability to actually do an in-service rollover. So people are doing in-service rollovers, taking that money and protecting it. So they're protecting that money for income in the future. They can leave money in their 401k and take enough out just to fund their income at 66, or they can roll the entire amount out fund the amount of income they need and do a different investment strategy rather than what's in their retirement plan, which generally retirement plans are great. And then usually they have some lower cost fund options, but you never have a full suite of options within those 401k plans like you can have outside.
0: It's a really great point in terms of helping advisors grow the 401k assets that aren't allocated towards income. But also, I think what we sometimes overlook is that with these new income strategies that don't require annuitization to create cash flow, the underlying assets are still continuing to grow. And I think this is where The variable annuities with lifetime income riders, or the structured or buffered variable annuities, or registered index linked annuities, as they're called by LIMRA, that have lifetime income riders. That's where I think those strategies can really sing in a portfolio because they enable you to continue to take real investment risk and ultimately grow the underlying assets, which will hopefully grow that lifetime income guarantee, but we also know, hey, at the end of the day, when you get to retirement, you've got this nest egg here that no matter what happens, you're going to have X amount of income guaranteed for the rest of your life. And that could grow. That might stay level. We don't know what the market holds, but we've got a planning base that helps advisors not have to take as much from the investment portfolio ultimately, right? And Mm -hmm. enables them to take more investment risk where, you know, a traditional total return approach to cash flow, you might see an advisor de-risking that portfolio the closer we get to full retirement age, right? And ultimately, with yields on bonds eventually going to come back down, we know that to some extent that bond return is ultimately not going to be there in the long term. We've got some really nice yield right now, and that's fantastic, and that's helping the annuity story as well. But long term, if we're thinking about holistic planning and thinking about being forward-looking and addressing the real risks to our clients' lifestyle and to their cash flow and, and ultimately to Our relationship with them, how can an annuity help an advisor retain and grow business? How does that strategy make them a more efficient cash flow manager for their client, a more efficient plan manager for their client?
1: Sure thing. And it's a good point. Let me go back to something I said earlier about pensions. In today's world, we have seen pensions going away. And there's a reason for that, there's a lot of risk in managing pensions. Nobody really wants to do it. So as an advisor, do you really want to be a pension manager for your clients? Instead, what we do is we take that risk and we put that on the insurance company. We let the insurance company take the risk that if the account spins down to zero, that they are on the hook by contract to pay the client as long as they live. Also, kind of keep in mind as well, a really good question when you're talking to your clients about preparing for retirement and going into income. I've used this for years and you want to ask the client, Mr. or Mrs. Client, are you more concerned about the asset and the growth of the asset for legacy purposes or the income the asset will produce for you in retirement? Once you get the answer to that question, I think that really gives you a good decision point on which route to go. Now, obviously, as you put money into an account that's geared towards retirement, you have additional assets left over that you can invest. And if your income is basically spoken for, if you have a good chunk of your income spoken for, and you've lowered those withdrawal rates quite a bit, then it allows you to have that conversation with the client to maybe, hey, let's bump the allocations up five, 10% to get you more growth from the remaining assets. helps out with inflation. It helps out with a number of different things, legacy purposes, things of that nature. So, It's a dual purpose. It allows the client to have income in retirement. Also, it allows the client to not worry as much about the day-to-day for the assets left behind. And hey, perhaps maybe they can actually have a little bit more fruitful, diversified portfolio with the advisor they're working
0: with. You bring up a really great point there in thinking about the emotional and psychological factors of lifetime income. And you know that's one of the things that we can't necessarily peg to an economic value right like i can't i can't put an economic value on client experience and retirement on client value but when we look at some of the the planning software for example right for a planning software the success rate is based on dying with a dollar left in the portfolio Now, I don't know about you, John, but I know for me and I know for my folks and for the clients that our advisors work with, dying with a dollar left, not knowing if tomorrow you're going to have a paycheck or not, is not really a great client experience, right? We know that in a lot of situations, those conversations for advisors when you have to talk about reducing spending Because, hey, you're running out of money or talking about, you know, selling a house or moving in with the kids or making these lifestyle choices that are less than optimal. How does that impact an advisor's relationship with their client? How does that impact the client's satisfaction with their advisor? And how can lifetime income help resolve some of those future challenges that we may not be thinking about right now?
1: Sure. With the guaranteed lifetime income, and especially right now with rising income, since the interest rate environment we're in currently is so good, I think it allows the client to have a little bit more confidence in making sure that those income needs are met. Obviously, I don't think anyone wants to die with a dollar left in their account. Nobody wants to move in with their kids. I sure don't want to move in with my kids. And just like we don't want our kids moving in with us. So I think staying independent, making sure you have reserves by guaranteeing you have income, it really helps out You know, in a number of different ways. Because you're making sure that you have a fallback. You're making sure that you put the responsibility of your lifetime income on somebody else. Not your advisor, not yourself, but the insurance company. And that's what they're designed to do. So again, the insurance companies have really come into the marketplace and become really pension replacement vehicles for people in retirement. The only difference is instead of paying through them through direct deposit, through work, you're actually buying them yourself and you're out shopping. And again, what we're doing to help clients and advisors is we help break down for what the client's goals are, the best products. And also we're looking at products with no commission. So Again, without the commission built in, the income is much greater than the commission products that we've seen over the years. One thing also to point out right now is that since the income rates are much higher, if you look at any old annuities that have income riders on it, it's worth taking a look to see if you can do better. There's a number of different products out there that because we're in a low interest rate environment the last 10 years, might not get the par with what you can get right now.
0: That's a really great point. And one of the things I talk to my advisors about all the time is, you know, just because your client's taking income or or has an underwater benefit doesn't mean that it's not an annuity worth reviewing. We've found quite a bit of late that being able to benefit from these higher withdrawal rates and take advantage of this vastly better economic environment for lifetime income guarantees has been really beneficial for folks who've maybe been taking withdrawals from their annuities for 5 or 10 years already. It's really impactful and really powerful. So thanks for for bringing that up. Kind of one last question for you here John just to challenge you a little bit and maybe tease out an objection that some of our more traditional total return style advisors might bring to the table for you is, you know, if we look at bond returns over the last five, 10 years, yeah, we were in a low interest rate environment. But if you look at the total return of that portfolio, and I'm just going to tease out one here, let's talk about the Vanguard intermediate term bond. The five-year annualized return on that is over 8%. The 10-year annualized return on that is over 19%. You know, if I'm a traditional asset allocator and I'm using traditional bonds that have returns like that, and let's say my belief is that those returns are going to continue, I don't necessarily myself believe that to be the case, but putting myself in my advisor's shoes, if I believe in the persistency of returns, you know, how does an annuity benefit a portfolio if we're looking at? 8% annualized returns and in fixed income.
1: Sure. I think the biggest thing we want to look at, and those numbers are very impressive. You know, obviously you look at those numbers, those are averages. And at some point during those averages, you're going to be withdrawing when things are down and when they're negative. So you just exasperate or you complicate the returns in a negative standpoint. So for instance, let's look at sequence of returns. If you bought those bond funds and you started your withdrawals 10 years ago, most likely you'll be okay. However, last year was the first year that we had double-digit negative returns in bonds and also in the stock market. We are to the point now where we are past all the high-yielding bonds from the 80s through the late 90s into the turn of the century. We're going to have a whole generation of bonds now that had lower yields that are going to be figured into those portfolios. We do have some good rates now, so perhaps we'll replace them a little bit But the overall yield most likely will go down on these funds over time. So at least what the annuity will do for you is that it will level things out. I don't think there's any reason why you don't still want bonds in your portfolio, along with your stocks on a diversified portfolio. But to withdraw from them, it's hard to hang your hat on something that's returned 10 12% over the last 10 years and take the chance that those yields are going to go down significantly. And you're not going to be able to get the income that you need. And what if you run out of money or if there's no money to replace that income again? So you're basically at least taking some chances to where you can outlive your assets. And according to a lot of studies we see out there, the biggest fear people have is outliving their resources. And again, it's not really that they're worried about outliving their assets. It's they're more concerned about not having income. It never comes down to the assets. It's always about income.
0: That's a great point. Thank you so much for all the insights you've shared with us today, John. Really appreciate you taking the time out. And to our listeners out there, thank you so much for your time. Be sure to visit dplfp.com to connect with your team to learn more about these exciting income strategies. And be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast applications. Have a great day, everyone.
1: Thank you. Have a good day.
0: Thanks for listening. To hear more advisor revelations, go to dplfp.com and subscribe on your favorite podcast streaming app.